Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Door to Door Geek. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Ever since the, the Switch first came out, there was rumors that it would be used for VR. Um, we've seen patent applications before. I feel like the first year that the Switch came out, we saw some patent applications from Nintendo for a device that was very similar to the Switch being used in a VR headset, that much in the same way that you can buy VR headsets and then slide your phone into it the switch would work like that in this um uh in this patent application and nintendo world world report uh arcade girl 64 i think it is on twitter she works for nintendo world world report and she wrote an article about the idea that the the breadcrumbs have been laid out and they and the, and she's been told that virtual reality could be coming to the Switch soon. Now, for myself, I don't know why that's not working. Oh, there we go. Um, for myself, I don't think that this makes a lot of sense. But let's talk about why uh, people are saying that VR could be coming to the Switch soon. Uh, CNET had reported that there were data miners, and the data miners had discovered a screen splitting VR mode in this in in the Nintendo Switch's firmware and in the past Mr. Kimishima who was the predecessor to Mr. Furukawa who's the current president of Nintendo uh he said yeah we're we're looking at VR but not anything anytime soon um Nint Nintendo France's managing director also said that consumers are not patient uh, with entertainment if you're not able to deliver it in an all-inclusive package. A lot of people, I mean, this certainly wouldn't be Nintendo's first foray. A lot of people are saying this would not be Nintendo's first foray into virtual reality. Uh, they had the Virtual Boy, after all. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can see it on my shelf behind me. Uh, the Virtual Boy was famously a huge flop for Nintendo and cost them a whole bunch of money. <sighs> Reggie fils ended up telling Ars Technica at one point that they were actively looking into VR and who knows what that really means. A lot of people are assuming because of the modular nature of the Nintendo Switch that you could wear a headset that had those lenses on it and then you could just slide the Nintendo Switch into it in front, and then you would have a, a VR device. Couple that with the Joy-Cons having motion control built in, holding the, 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 the Joy-Cons in your hands gives you... I mean, it, it makes perfect sense for why that would work. I still don't think that this is how it's going to happen, though. I don't think that you're going to get VR with this switch. I think that first off, 
if you just pause the show or, you know, if you got headphones on it, you don't have to pause the show. Go pick up your switch and hold it in your hand and feel the heft of it. Just just the device, not the Joy-Cons. It is a dense piece of electronics. It's very, very heavy. This is not light. And the idea of putting this into a uh, like a headset in front of you, I feel like even even with the you would have to have it counterweighted on the back or something because this is going to be pulling your head down. This is so incredibly heavy. You compare that to a cell phone. Cell phones are relatively light. This thing is really heavy. And I don't think that this would work for VR. Um, not even a little. Couple that with the fact that it has a 720 uh, or I'm sorry, a 720p screen. 720p. That's not high enough resolution. Everything's going to look super pixelated and kind of crappy. When you have a device with a screen this size and 720p uh, resolution, and you put it this close to your face, especially when you have those lenses that are like magnifiers, that's going to make those pixels look huge. And we all know, I mean, Apple has convinced us all that we don't want to be able to see the pixels. That's a problem when you can see the pixels. And I, I for one, agree with Apple. When I got my first uh, buzzword retina display phone and I was using it, and then I grabbed one of the old ones and I was looking at it, I was like, oh, man, that's really ugly. When you have something that has a higher resolution, or a low resolution, I mean, and you put it that close to your face, you're going to see the pixels. I don't think that the Nintendo Switch, as it currently stands, is designed to work with VR in the way that people are assuming that it would. And I think that that kind of leads me in the direction of, well, okay, let's let's pretend for a fact that everybody is uh, is correct and that Nintendo is going to be making a, the, the, the Switch a VR system. The only way that I can see that working is if Nintendo makes a new Nintendo Switch. And we've we've heard rumors about that. Like, I think it was the Nikkei um, publication. It's a business publication in Japan. And they were talking about uh, how, how they they were talking about the fact or, or the rumor that Nintendo was bringing out a, a a mini switch. Now, how would that work? Okay, it, let's say that this mini switch is the VR thing that that um, Nintendo World Report is talking about here. <sighs> how do I put this? Um, first off. I think that the Joy-Cons still have to come off. Oh, actually, wait a second. No, the the, the Joy-Cons would have to stay on unless the new Mini Switch had had motion motion detection built into this kind of, into the the base device itself. So either the Joy-Cons are permanently attached or there's a gyroscope in the device itself adding more heft to it. Um, The device has to be smaller, 
has to be lighter, won't have as good a battery life. And it would also have to have, uh, and, and the reason for that is to make it light enough so that you could hold it on your face. The next thing that it would have to have is a higher resolution display. And it would have to run games at a high enough frame rate. Usually, I think, in order to avoid getting uh, like seasick when you're playing, I think that like the target frame rate is 120 hertz. So now you're you're talking about a device that does not like we're talking about a device that doesn't have wires going anywhere, and that's one of the reasons why I think that um, the 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 uh, Philip Laveau, the managing director of Nintendo France, he says in order for it to go mainstream, uh, people want an all inclusive package. They want to buy it and to be able to put it on their head without wires all over the place in order to play. And I kind of agree with that. Like one of the reasons I've not bought a VR system yet, um, and there's a, more than one reason, but one of the reasons is because I'm terrified that I'll be playing a game and I'm going to step on the cord and then rip something off of the shelf or rip the cord and have to buy another one. Like that bothers me. Like that idea, it makes me nervous. So we're we're looking at something that is smaller than the Nintendo Switch with higher resolution and a worse battery life. Only so, and it has to be a worse battery life because the battery has to be smaller in order to make it lighter. And you're doing all of that just so that you can slap it into a, a headset in order to have it still be comfortable while you're playing. And I think that recipe of things is a very, very tall order and very unlikely to happen. I think that Nintendo, if they patented this for any reason, it's for something down the line, something a long way down the line. I don't think that it's something that's going to happen soon. Would I be happy to be wrong? Sure. I would love it if Nintendo would do some crazy thing. And, I, you know, that's one of my favorite things about Nintendo is that they surprise us. They constantly do something really weird um, that surprises people. Now, I'm looking at uh, chat. Gary Gary Gizmo says, could you imagine Legend of Zelda game in VR? So first-person Link. That would be interesting. I think that would be uh, very interesting. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Just thinking about some mobile phones have the screen size of a switch i think the problem isn't with isn't with the size um uh, right but the screen size for the switch uh and you can't see this on on the video right now but the screen size of the switch is much smaller than the device itself in order to power this thing you need a big battery and that battery is heavy pick up your switch it's really really heavy um Let's see. Uh, Hopple says 8-bit retro virtual reality, 720p or no problem. I, don't, I think that's a, a game that nobody's looking for. Uh, maybe if Nintendo announced an upgraded tier switch display at 1080p, it might work. See, now the reason why that won't work, Roki Games, and that's a that's like I, I applaud the idea, but now the games that you're playing have to be uh, they're up-resed, right? And one of two things will happen. When you when you dock your Switch, you can play games at 1080p usually, depending on the game. 
And when you do that, the reason why you're able to do that is because Nintendo's saying, okay, we don't have to worry about the battery because this thing's being charged, so it's not a big deal. Uh, we can we can run it all we want. If you have a 1080p screen in this, there's a lot more pixels for the, the device to render. And that means that the processor has to work harder. And if the processor's working harder, it's burning through that battery much, much faster. And a game where you would normally get a couple hours playing on battery mode, you would get much less time. And I think that with the reaction that a lot of people had when Nintendo first announced the battery life of the Switch, a lot of people were ticked at that. I was fine with it, but a lot of people thought that the the amount of hours that you could play a game like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was far too short. And that would be even shorter when you're doing VR. And again, this is really heavy. So you're going to have to have a bigger battery to run that thing for a longer period of time. Uh, let's see. What if... So I saw somebody in chat had said, what if you put the gyroscope in the VR headset? That's a possibility. But that also means that when you dock this into the the gyroscope thing now, or into the, the headset... Now the headset is powered, so it's also draining battery from the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Hopple jokingly says, buy two Switches, one for each eye. Um, oh, Roki Games said, put the gyroscope in the VR device headset. So I think, I think that there's a lot of reasons why this won't work, and I anxiously await Nintendo uh, proving me wrong. But I don't think that this is happening anytime soon. And uh, that's just how I think about it. What do you think? Hello, look. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. I played uh, a few games this week, and I wanted to talk about my experience with these games. The first one that I want to mention, uh, I believe it comes out on the 21st. That game is called Aragami. And it's this really interesting stealth puzzle game, uh, like 3D world that you're in and uh, kind of over the shoulder behind the behind the character third person stealth game. And it's actually really good. I really like it. Uh, the, the whole idea behind this game is that you are a vengeful, vengeful spirit that has been summoned by this girl and she wants you to go and do some stuff. And in order to do that, you got to kill a bunch of dudes who are standing between you and your objective. I'm trying to stay all uh, spoiler free. Like this, all this stuff happens in the very beginning of the game. Uh, it's got some really cool mechanics like 
Uh, your your character kind of has like a you look like Mumra from Thundercats. If you're old like me, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Kind of like in bandages and like with this red cloak on. And the red cloak has these runes almost on the back, which I love it when when games do stuff like this. The runes on the back show how much power you have. And if you stand in the shadows, those runes will recharge. And if you stand in the light, you will lose them. And you'll also lose your power as you uh, do things like teleport from shadow to shadow or something like that. Um, basically, the idea is you'll go into a room and, and this is there's there's no I'm not talking about story at all right now. Uh, you go into a room and you kind of get the layout and it's going to be kind of a trial and error kind of thing where you look at all of the dudes as they're walking around on their patrols and you have to take each one out and you want to try and do so in uh in in a way where nobody detects you. That's that's like the goal. And you know, if somebody does detect you, you can try and uh run away and hide. So, I mean, it's a stealth game. I shouldn't really need to explain it too much. It's really cool because you have the ability to target the the shadows and just vanish from where you are and teleport to the nearest shadow, which I really like. So uh, you'll look for a shadow up high and now you're standing up above and you wait for an enemy to come underneath and then you try and get a stealth kill by jumping down from below. My one issue with the game so far, and I haven't gotten very far in the game, but my one issue with it is the fact that you can't pick up the enemies. So let's say I kill a dude and I see another guy coming my way. What I what I would like to do is be able to grab that that corpse, throw it over my shoulder, take him someplace where he's not going to be seen by the enemy because if they see it, they're going to sound the alarm, everybody's going to start looking for me, and you 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 want to avoid that at all costs. You can't pick the enemy up, so what I end up having to do sometimes is I'll stealth kill somebody and then somebody will be coming at me and I have to run at them and kill them as, as quick as I can before they take me out um, or before they sound the alarm because I want to try and do it quietly. What I would prefer is if I could go hide that corpse and then kind of reset and go through uh, without ever being detected. Now, I'm sure that there are people who are going to be much better at the game than I who will do this without ever being detected, and that's cool, but I'm terrible. So I wish that I had an option to carry a dude. Uh, so that's Aragami. I think it comes out on the 21st, and if you want to see what it's like, uh, head over to my YouTube channel. I have uh, a first look at it um, where, probably I don't know, it's probably like the first 15 minutes or so of the game. It, it's very interesting, and I'm going to be playing more of it in the future. Okay, there were two there were two um demos that were announced during the Nintendo Direct that I w I wanted to try. I couldn't play them before um before Thursday's show. Uh so Friday I sat down and I played uh Damon X Machina as well as Yoshi's Crafted World demos. Uh just to get an idea what those are like and I I put the um the the footage of those on my YouTube channel as well. Um Let's start with Yoshi's Crafted World. I don't like Yoshi games. I don't think that they're bad games. They're just not games for me. I find them kind of dull. 
the the thing about this one that I liked is the fact that you can throw the eggs both into the screen and you can throw them out of the screen as well. So you're not limited to a two-dimensional kind of uh, just throwing left or right. You have more options. I really like that about it. I also really like the the, the Yoshi games that I've played in the past. Uh, when you hit the button to throw an egg, like um, a little dotted line will will show up and it'll start moving up and down. And then you wait till it gets to the point that you want. You hit a button and he throws the egg in that direction. In Yoshi's Crafted World, you have complete control over where you're going to throw the egg. And that makes it so much better and a little more fast paced, even though, my God, this game is dreadfully slow. And again, if you like the Yoshi games, you're going to like Yoshi's Crafted World. If you like Kirby games, I think you're going to like Yoshi's Crafted World. I don't particularly like Yoshi games or Kirby games. They just don't appeal to me. I find them to be a little too easy, a little too dull. And yes, I know part of the challenge to playing these games comes a lot more from not getting to the end, but finding all of the collectible things and going through and trying to perfect each level. And again, that kind of gameplay doesn't appeal to me. I like to just kind of play through once and get what I need out of the game and then put it down and move on to something else. However, I think that of all of the Yoshi games that I've played, this one I liked the best. I'm still not interested in playing it. This confirmed it for me, uh, which is great. Um, But I think that this is probably the best one that I've played so far. And it's because of those changes. I will say this. The art style of Yoshi's Crafted World is just adorable. And I love how they have basically taken a bunch of trash and put it together to build this world that Yoshi is moving through. So if you haven't already checked out the demo, I think it's a time-limited demo. Like, it's going to go away. I think they mentioned that in the direct. So if you haven't already downloaded it, you should check it out. And uh, download it while you can, because I think that this is going to disappear and you won't be able to. And if it's if it's gone by the time you hear this, then uh, check it out. My first look on YouTube. Now let's talk about Damon X Machina. Damon X Machina is the game that was announced at E3 last year. Uh, It was the very first thing. It had like some heavy metal music and then they showed this really cool sequence and it looked really fun. Uh, I really like the art style of the game and I know that there's people who are complaining about how the game looks, but I think the game looks fine. There's some lighting issues that I'm sure will get ironed out. But man, this game is not fun. Like I was bored doing playing this demo. I found it just dull The combat was incredibly slow and clunky, and watching the footage of of it made it look really fun, but when I actually had my hands on the controls, I just felt bored. Now, I'm going to give this a pass, and the reason I'm going to give this a pass is because they put this, this is basically like their tech demo, and they're saying, give us feedback. We want to hear from you. 
And another company that did this is Square Enix did this with Octopath Traveler. They put out the demo for Octopath Traveler. They asked for feedback. People gave them feedback. They responded to that feedback and improved the game. And I think that that was a wonderful thing to do. So hopefully they li- they listen to the feedback that people give them on Damon X Machina. I was really bored when playing it. I found the combat to be really clunky, extremely slow, and just not fun. It didn't feel like there was any life in the game. And to me, it just felt dead. So I am no longer looking forward to Damon X Machina. However, I'm, I'm going to give the demo a pass because this is them saying, here's what we have so far. What can we do to make it better? And I like it when a developer does that. I will. I, I, I can't completely crap all over this game uh, because I do want to say a couple of nice things about it. Again, I like the art style. I, I'm hoping that they fix the lighting because the lighting looks weird. And I think the music in the game is really, really top-notch. Uh, so, so there's that. Um, those are the games that I have been playing this week. Oh, no, I've also been playing Tetris. Um, Tetris 99. What a wonderful game. I want to take a couple of minutes and talk about some tips for Tetris 99. And these are tips from somebody who has never won a game in Tetris 99. Uh, so take, take these tips for, you know, whatever you will. Let's first, let's talk about targeting. Uh, when I first played it, I didn't even notice that there's a way for you to decide who it is that you're attacking when you're playing. You use the right stick. And if you look at the top of your well, you have the right stick that tells you which way you're going to attack. So, um, last time I talked about it and, uh, when I first, when I first played it, I didn't understand this. Uh, you have four options. The first one is random. Who's going to use that? I don't care about that. Uh, the other three options are very important, and I think that there's some strategy to it. So before I talk about the attacking, I forgot to mute that. There we go. Uh, before I talk about the attacking, I want to explain the... Well, no, let, let's start with the attacking. So what I usually do when I'm playing is I start by targeting the people who are close to being KO'd. So somebody who has has filled up their their Tetris well with a bunch of junk and, you know, they're pretty close to losing soon. And in order to do that, you just flick your right stick up towards the top and that's going to automatically target people who are close to losing. Now, if you make a match, you you complete a line in Tetris and it sends that match to one of those people who are close to being KO'd, then you get a KO on them. And for every KO that you get, you get a segment of a badge. Now, in order to get a full badge, the first full badge is two segments. So you have to get two KOs to get one full badge. To get the second full badge, you have to have four KOs. Uh, That's not four total, excuse me, that's four, (coughs) excuse me, that's four after the original two. So in order to have two bad, two full badges, you have to have six KOs. Hopefully this is making sense. After that, it doubles again, and then it doubles again, and so on. So you want to get badges, and somebody might say, well, what do you want to get badges for? Underneath the badges, um, 
you're going to see a little percentage. Now that percentage tells you how much extra garbage lines you're going to send towards somebody when you make a match. So let's say that I make a match for, and I, I, I send one, I, I, I match one line and I have uh, a one badge. So what that's going to do is that's going to, well, I'm sorry, let me, let me do this again. Let's say I make a Tetris. That makes things easier uh, to do the math with. So I'm going to get a Tetris. That's four lines. Uh, you, that's the most you can get at a time. I get a Tetris. I send four lines out. If I have no badges, then I'm going to send four lines of garbage at whoever it is that I'm targeting. If I have one full badge, that gives me 25% extra. So now instead of sending four lines, I'm going to send five lines at that person, making it even harder for them to keep up. If I have two badges, now I'll be at 50%. If I'm at 50%, when I make that Tetris, I'm going to send six lines at them, and it keeps going up. So you can either do 0% with no badges, and then 25%, 50%, 75%, and 100%. So if you have four badges, which in order to do four badges, you have to have two, and then plus four, and then plus eight, and then plus 16, I think, KOs, which is a lot of KOs. In order to get all of those, uh, all the badges, now when you match a Tetris, whoever you attack gets eight lines added to their well. And that's a lot of garbage stuff. So it's really, really difficult uh, to get those eight badges, but it's really important to do so. So when I, when, when I play, I tend to target the people who are most likely to get a KO. That way I can start earning those badges and send extra garbage. When do I stop targeting those people? It's usually when I get a bunch of people targeting me because now what I can do is I can be damaging lots of people at once and it's kind of like a defensive mood, not mood, but move. Um, so whenever somebody's targeting you, you'll see these lines pointing to the bottom of your, uh, your, your Tetris well, and you can see how many people are attacking you at once. So if you've got a lot of lines pointing at the, at the Tetris well, I usually flick the right stick down and that targets anybody that is targeting me. So now if I start matching things, I can send those out and maybe kick a couple of those people who are attacking me out in order to save myself. Something else to keep in mind. On the left-hand side of your well, there is like a channel that shows how many lines are on their way incoming. And they're color-coded based on how soon it's going to happen. If they're red, they're going to happen really, really soon. So what you want to do is you want to be able to match some lines as fast as you can once that left-hand side starts to get filled up. Because those are the garbage lines that are going to come your way when um when that timer runs out and it's not actually like a timer that you can see it's just oh those are red they're incoming soon so you need to make matches in order to get rid of those uh so maybe if they have eight lines coming your way and you get a tetris now when that actually goes off only four of those lines will come through i hopefully this is making sense the the last thing that i think that you want to keep an eye on is to make sure the other per the other way that you can target in this game is to target people with badges. So these are people who've gotten lots of KOs. They're people who can send lots of garbage your way. And attacking them is kind of scary because unless you like I tend not to do this 
unless I have a good lineup where I'm going to get a bunch of garbage real quick to throw at them. Because if I start targeting these people, they'll just flick their right stick down, target people who are targeting them, and start sending a bunch of garbage at me, and then I'm going to get kicked out because they have a bunch of badges. Uh, so they send extra garbage my way. You know, I said this on the last episode, Tetris 99 invites you to play Tetris in a way that is vastly different than any time that we've played Tetris in the past, and I think that's incredibly cool. There is a tutorial. Well, there's no tutorial in the game, but if you want to know more about it, I found a tutorial um, like that explains a lot of stuff uh, over at Kotaku, and I, I dropped that in the show notes so that you guys can check that out. Before we move on from from Tetris 99, I want to talk about some data mining that has happened. Uh, this is from Oatmeal Dome, who I guess does a lot of data mining with Nintendo stuff. And at Oatmeal Dome on Twitter, uh, they are saying that they've been that there's been some data mining, and there's more game modes coming to Tetris 99 in an upcoming update. One of those is team battle, so it would be, I well, it's 99, so it's an odd number, so I don't know how that would work, but maybe they'll just do 98, so it'd be 44 versus 44, um, and if you're doing that, uh, then it's, it's two big teams, and, and you can fight against the other team in order to win. Another one is com battle, which I think is desperately needed for this game, because you don't always have access to the internet. And you still want to be able to play. So you can battle against 98 bots, which I think is cool. And then there is a marathon mode, um, 200 lines or endless. Now, this is just from data mining, so it's rumors. It's not 100% true. We don't know what's going on. But I tell you what, Tetris 99 is awesome. I hope that these modes come through because I really, really like uh, that game. And I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Uh, but that's what I've been playing. I've been playing a bunch of different stuff, and uh, I'm looking forward to more Tetris, more Aragami. I'm not looking forward to Damon X Machina anymore, and Yoshi's Crafted World seems awesome, but it's not for me. People in the industry say Nintendo simply has the best games. All right, it's time for the lightning round. Um, somebody in chat asked me to talk a little bit about Rune Factory. I had not even heard of Rune Factory before, so I did a little bit of research, and it turns out that Rune Factory is basically the people who were behind the original Harvest Moon game um, when that license was purchased by whoever owns it now, they kind of broke off and started making the Rune Factory games, as this is what I've heard. And basically what they did is they took the Harvest Moon stuff, that, that style of game, and then they added some RPG elements to it as well as some dungeon-crawling combat, which, to me, that sounds really cool. So basically, you go down into the dungeons to get stuff, and then you come up and you use it on your farm, and I guess you can get married and stuff in it. I don't care about that. Uh, I've never really been into the relationship side of games like Stardew Valley, or Harvest Moon, like that stuff doesn't interest me. But the idea of like having this farm and going to get materials in a dungeon, very Minecraftian kind of thing, I find that to be interesting. So 
I know that there were people who were wondering about Rune Factory and what it was because they were in the dark like me. So I just I looked it up and found out that's what I know about it. I think it sounds really neat. Um, I don't know if I have room for it in my, you know, the, the limited amount of time that I can play video games, but I am happy that games like this are coming to the Nintendo Switch because, you know, Stardew Valley is awesome, but there's only so much you can do. I know that you can play hundreds of hours in Stardew Valley, but people people who like that type of game want to play more than one game. So I'm happy that uh, Rune Factory 4 and uh, 5 are coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Dead Cells had an update. Uh, this update, this comes to us from uh, Variety.com, which is not a place I usually look for, but I saw it on Twitter, so I thought I'd check it out. Uh, it's getting an update and let's see, the patch is um, available now for PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I guessed earlier this year the PC version had it. And the additions are all from player suggestions. So the biggest feature is a custom game mode that lets players modify runs the way they want by unlocking and relocking item. This makes special gameplay adjustments and more. I think that's kind of cool. I personally would just play it the normal way myself. I wouldn't want to do the custom game mode, but uh, that's just me. Um, the update also, this is very important. The update also removes the game's uh, mob auto scaling mechanic. So basically all of the levels in the game now have a fixed difficulty that affects gameplay depending on which mode the player is on. Uh, so things are going to be easier to kill when you're in zero cell mode. And if you're in level three or level four, then things are going to be more difficult. I think that this is good because what I've noticed whenever I play this game, I get killed really fast at the beginning. And it would be nice if I could live just a little bit longer before I get my tail kicked. Um, be able to see more than the first couple of levels. Uh, ju just That's just me, though, I guess. Uh, they're also doing some balance changes, uh, giving you more, a lot more, if you are going like brutality or tactics, uh, which is like the level up mechanic that you can choose when you level up. You can either, you pick either brutality, tactics, or something else. I can't remember what the other thing was. Uh, but, but brutality and tactics are going to give you a lot more hit points at higher levels. Uh, they're also changing the way some some um, some weapons work. Overall, I like what they're doing with with um, with the dead cell stuff, and I I hope that they continue uh, to work with that. The one thing that I've seen in the PC version that I have not seen in the either Nintendo Switch or PS4 version is Twitch integration, and and what that is is this really cool mechanic where the game can have somebody from your Twitch chat type heal and it will heal you. And if they are not there, like you cannot heal yourself. So you cannot use the button in order to drink a potion. You absolutely depend on that person in chat being your heal bot. And if they don't type heal, then you die. And uh, it'll also uh, take some like somebody from chat and make them the boss when you're fighting them. I I, th I think that this integration with Twitch is really, really cool, but it, I don't think it happens 
on the console version and that's the that's the version that I have. So I'm I'm looking forward to that change coming to uh the Switch or the PS4 or the Xbox. I I'm a big fan of Dead Cells. I think it's really fun. Uh the last story that I want to talk about today is Final Fantasy 9. Uh that came to the Switch the day of the Nintendo Direct and there are people talking about that it's buggy, right? And it's not a huge surprise to me because Square Enix, they make fantastic games, but they suck at porting them. They are really bad at porting games. And I guess that the Final Fantasy IX game that we have on Nintendo Switch is basically the exact same port that we have on PC already, along with all the bugs that were already there. It seems like Square Enix is still the king of the lazy ports. And that's too bad, because I know that a lot of people were looking forward to Final Fantasy IX. It, it sucks that those games... I, I, don't, I don't know what the bugs are like, but the fact that they had bugs that were already known about in the PC version, and they just ported it over to the Switch without changing or without fixing those bugs, I find that to be really, really irritating. Uh, so that's it for the lightning round. What do you guys think about... Uh, these updates to uh, Dead Cells or uh, the, the, the crappy port of Final Fantasy IX, let me know. Super Mario 1, 2, and 3. There's power in numbers. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Each game sold separately. We had that uh, Nintendo Direct, and the, the episodes keep getting longer, and I'm going to try and rein it in next week. I'm going to try and make the episodes shorter because we're already at the 40-minute mark. And I apologize for that. I know that a lot of people like the half hour or 20 minute podcasts that I put out. And that's always been my goal. So I'm going to, I'm going to try for that next week. I'm going to cut down on how much I put in and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get that, the, the length of the show down a little bit because these are going on too long. Uh, let's go ahead and um, talk about ways that you can become part of the community. And you absolutely should because we have awesome people in this community. If you want to become part of the community, we call it the Nerd Nest. You can join us over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can watch the show live and hang out with the other nerds uh, over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. As always, you can get a hold of me at runjumpstomp at gmail.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, there are many, many ways to do it. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. I really appreciate everybody who's supported before. Uh, don't forget, I've got another podcast called, you guessed it, Run Jump Stomp. It is a call-in show where you get to share your thoughts on gaming, video games, and the industry. You can find that over at anchor.fm slash runjumpstomp. The intro music that you heard at the beginning of the show, maybe you noticed that it was different. Uh, that is by Vector U. I found them over on YouTube, and I said, hey, man, this song is rad. Can I play it on the show? And they said, yes, absolutely. Uh, so that is Mario Kart Double Dash Rainbow Road, the Vector U remix. I thought it was just great, so I wanted to include that as the intro music. And the outro music is by the amazing and talented Tom Winter, uh, the acoustic version of Gerudo Valley uh, from The Legend of Zelda. Thank you all for listening. 
Thank you to the live chat for hanging out. Thank you to the patrons for uh, supporting the show and the, and the people who subscribe over on Twitch. And there's some crazy people who do both. You are all awesome. And I will see you all next time. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you.